0: I'm not pulling out of the driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another Drive to Work Coronavirus edition. So as I've been doing, I've been interviewing people because I, I, in my car it's actually hard to do interviews if they're not sitting next to me. And I've had a few carpool guests. But anyway, today uh, I've gotten Ari Ni. Ni, is that correct? So Ari, introduce yourself. What?
1: Ni or Nia is fine. Ni
0: or Nia, okay. So Ari, uh, among other things, uh, is the winner of the third great designer search and is currently uh, working uh, every day with me. So so say hi, Ari.
1: Hello, I'm, this is my first time on Drive to Work. I'm very excited to be here.
0: Okay, so let's talk a little bit, let's start from the beginning. Um, so how'd you get into magic? What, what was your introduction to magic?
1: My introduction to magic, um, so I was in high school and um, in 1994, I think it was. Yeah, uh, fall of 1994. Um, It'll I dark? back to America, uh, Fallen Empires. So, so Fallen I went back okay. to America from, from Japan and I, and I w- went to, went to school and I saw people playing this game on, uh, on tables, like uh, around, like between classes or in free periods. And I was like, Whoa, that looks really interesting. What is it? And, you know, I would, I would like ask people what was going on. And eventually, you know, I found someone to, to like sell me a deck and teach me what, what, what. How to play um and uh yeah so that was the beginning of that okay uh so you played did you play continually
0: or do you take any breaks along the way
1: uh no i i definitely took breaks uh i was out for all of mercadian masks block um and i played sort of off and on f- for for a long time but i didn't get like seriously into like drafting and like going to fnm every week until ravnica um but then i started then i started playing a lot around ravnica time spiral
0: so when did you start doing card design
1: uh yeah custom card design um so gds1 i just sort of watched because i was i was still sort of on track to be an academic at the time i was like oh this this looks fun but i'm not going to try i have other plans and then gds2 came around and i was like this is really cool i want to give it a try this time and so i did the i did the multiple choice test and I was two questions short, uh, so that was it was very very sad, big tragedy. Um, but for GDS two, there was this community component of the competition. Um, as your viewers, some of your viewers may remember there uh, there was a, a wiki, and the top eight were actually soliciting designs from the community to use in their submissions. They did not design all the cards themselves. They were not allowed to. They had to use community submissions. So they had to like sort of curate this giant slush pile of you know a bunch of wannabes who who wanted to design cards for them. And so I just did a ton of that. I designed a lot of cards for for Ethan Fleischer, uh, for uh, Scott Van Essen, for Sean Main, for you know Devin Rule, all those people to try to try to help them get jobs at Wizards. And three of them did. The
0: ones you just named. <laughs> Yeah, um, yes. uh, so okay. So from there, so uh, t- were you involved in the creation of Goblin Artisans? Yes, I was one
1: of the I was one of the core people in Goblin Artisans because, like, a, a, you know, after the end of GDS two, like, we'd sort of formed this big community around design, right, including the finalists, but also the the hangers on of the finalists. Um, I believe we called ourselves Tweet Force Alpha because the. The, the well, we were using. T- you know, if if like Ethan or someone wanted a card designed quickly, rather than post it on the wiki, it was faster to just tweet, "Hey, can somebody make th- this uh, a card that you know a green common that uses this mechanic, uh, that's a creature," and then post it on the wiki. And that was the fastest way to alert us all. You know. Um, anyway, so a bunch of us and the finalists who had not yet flown out to Renton, so they didn't know which of them was going to get hired. Um, so some of us and some of the finalists were like, we should start a blog and write about magic design and like, you know, get really good at
0: designing our own sets. Um, and so we did. Okay, so that was GDS two. So yes. Okay, GDS three. What happened there?
1: Right. So GDS three was uh, about seven years after GDS two. Six or r- seven r- roughly. Years. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So so in the intermediate time, like. You know, I'd often on been active in Goblin artisans, like designing cards myself, giving other people feedback on their designs. Um, you know, and how much time I spent on that sort of depended on how much free time I had. Uh, then, when GDS three was announced, I hadn't actually I'd been really busy with other things, so I hadn't actually even been playing Magic recently. Like the last time I'd played was Kaladesh, and both Ammonkhet and Ixalan had come out since then, so the um. So, so, like, somebody sent it to, like, the Goblin Artisans author's list. Well, I was like, oh, wow, this is happening, right? Because I wasn't on, attached to any magic circles. And then I clicked on
0: it, and I was like, oh, my God, it's back. This is finally my chance. Okay, so uh, you entered. So it's funny, the for the third one, we had way, way, way more people enter than we had. The, the first two, I think the first, GDS1, we had 1,200 maybe apply, in GDS 2, we had, like, maybe 1,800 apply. Uh, and then GDS 3, it was over 5,000. <laughs> yep. It was, yeah, just an avalanche of people, um, which partly meant that you had to score really high on the test. So last time, you missed the multiple-choice test by two. So yep. how, how'd you, how you handle it this time?
1: Uh, so I was not going to take any chances with the multiple-choice test this time, because I was, like... You know, I bet if I get past the I I felt like that was like the most likely point for me to get eliminated, because that's when most people get eliminated. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I, I I fortunately I had that day mostly off of work already. So I just spent all day doing the exam. I went through the whole exam and I I you know selected my answers i made a spreadsheet i selected my answers and i wrote like a short justification maybe just a few words or maybe a whole paragraph on why i thought my answer was correct and the other ones were wrong because like the act of writing something down helps you reevaluate whether or not it's true
0: Mm
1: -hmm. all right um how'd you end up sorry how'd you end up on your multiple choice uh, I got seventy three out of seventy five, which was the minimum possible right. the uh, passing grade. That was the cutoff, um, and I missed. Yeah, I missed two questions, both of which were on rarity. I thought the card which was a mythic was only a rare, and the card which was a rare was only an uncommon. So I mean, that tells you some a little something about me as a as yeah. a designer, I guess.
0: <laughs> okay, so you then make it into uh, the so after the multiple choice was the card design part. Yes, um, yep. and. Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, we I had to go through. So uh, I think 98 people made it past that section. 96 and or 98? There, 90, there were 96. 96. 96. Oh,
1: wait, sorry. Wait, no, there were 94. And here's how I know because okay. after the top eight were chosen, the the remaining people said that they had been 86th.
0: Ah, okay. Okay. Very cute. Um, yes. So there were, there were 94 people. I mean, it had to do with we, we had a break, uh, like, if you took right. seventy-two out of seventy-five, we had too many people that I couldn't grade. Uh, we, we we could take about hundred, and so yeah. two wrong broke at ninety-four. Uh, so I then blindly, I blindly, uh, meaning I have no idea who the people were. Uh, I graded all ninety-four tests, uh, mm-hmm. and then I broke them into three categories. Uh, and there was uh, no, maybe, yes, mm-hmm. uh, and then we evaluated all the yeses first. The idea being, if we could, if we could get our people from the yeses, we didn't need to look at the maybes. Um, and you were in the yes pile and then even among the yes piles, uh, all the judges sort of met and then we, from the yes pile, we didn't end up needing the maybes, from the yes pile we made a a yes, no, and maybe from the yes pile, uh, and you were in the yes pile, you, you'd made yes, you were in the yes pile of the yeses, so you were, like there were a bunch of people that were fighting for the last few slots, you, you were in very early on, we didn't, you didn't actually have to fight for the last few slots. Um, okay, so it starts to tell, tell us a little bit about, about the act of doing the great designer search.
1: Yeah. So, so this was, this was super exciting. Um, I remember when I got the email from you that I made top eight, um, I was in the kitchen cooking dinner for Chinese new year with my partner. Like we had 10 people coming over later that night and I had like three pounds of pork belly on the stove. Um, and then I got this email and I'm screaming, Oh my God, I made it. I made the top eight. Um, so then we got these challenges every two weeks where where they assigned us a, a test of some sort where we had to design a bunch of
0: cards to some particular specification. Um, and, and all of this is online by the way. If you, if you don't know what we're talking about, search for great Designer Search 3. This is all online. everything I already talking about, you can see all the stuff they made and the judges and everything so.
1: Yeah, it's all – in fact, it's stored on a convenient single web page where if you just search for my name and Great Designer Search 3, you can click on each challenge and it'll pop up everything I made for that challenge. It's all there. Um, yeah, so so for e- each of these challenges came out on like uh, late late in the day on Thursday, I think. I think so, yeah. Yeah, and then it was due Sunday night. Right. Yeah, so we had yeah, –
0: All day Friday, all day Saturday, all day Sunday.
1: Yeah, so we had like – th- Three, you know, about pie days to take care of yeah. it. um, And and yeah, so and those were and the, those were every two weeks. And the thing was, we we got those at the same time as we got the results of the previous one. So there was sort of a lot. There was a lot to process. It was like, all right, here's what happened in the previous one. You did amazing or you did really bad. Please do better next time. And, by the way,
0: here's your new challenge. Oh, real quickly, just for people that might not be familiar with the Great Designer Search, the way it works is we had three regular judges, which were me, Eric Lauer, and Melissa Datora, and then we had a guest judge, so there was always four judges, but the fourth judge would rotate. And so they would turn in cards, and then for every card, every judge would comment on it. So there was a decent amount of feedback. Uh, And the judges, we wouldn't even always completely agree. We would generally agree, but we we, we would vary a little bit on certain things. Uh, and then yeah. you'd get all that feedback. And then in addition to the feedback, you then get, and here's the next challenge.
1: Yeah. Oh, and also we received everyone else's feedback and we're told you should read everyone else's feedback too, so you don't make their mistakes. Uh, <laughs> but eventually I stopped doing that because I was like, I, my brain can only hold so much. <laughs> I got I to gotta focus on my cards I'm designing.
0: Okay. Uh, so there were five different challenges. Yes. Uh, and so we started with eight people. Each yep. challenge, we knock out one person. Mm-hmm. In, in true reality show style, um, and then yep. the end there will be three people, and then those three people get flown out to wizards. Yes. Um, so the final three people were you, mm-hmm. um, Jeremy. What is it, Geist? Jeremy Geist. Jeremy Geist and Chris Mooney. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay. So what was it like flying out to wizards? What was that like? Uh, it was It was pretty exciting.
1: My My flight left at like. Very early in the morning on Eastern times, uh, so so I was, but you know, it was it was still the the day before the interviews, so I had time to like rest and walk around Renton. We had dinner with you and Ben Hayes and Mark Gottlieb. I think I think that's right. Yeah. Um, So I got you know I got to meet you. I got to meet um, Chris Mooney and Jeremy Geist, who are just wonderful wonderful folks. Um, And then. And then it was like, all right, get a good night's sleep. The next morning's going to be go, going to be a very busy day for you.
0: Yeah. So um, basically, there were a couple of things we did. The so first was the gauntlet, which was yep. uh, you have three-hour interviews with three different groups, and then you would rotate. The three of you would rotate between the three groups. Um, yes. But it was three hours worth of interviews with most the most of the, the higher, you know, the the, the I'll call the muckety mucks of R and D. Uh, you. One of the groups was all the judges. One of the groups was the managers, and one of the groups was the bosses. The bosses, right? So, right. Um, yeah. And how how'd the interviews go? What do you think? Uh, I thought they went
1: pretty well. Um, yeah, it was it was interesting. The I, I remember the judge questions. Uh, Eric Lauer asked me asked me a bunch of things about okay uh, about actual card designs, which. Which uh, the other the other groups didn't do so much. They were asking more about sort of employment stuff, you know, work work <laughs> stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, um, okay, right. So we did the interviews, and then we did yeah. a live challenge. So what, what well, first we did magic for lunch. Oh, we did magic for lunch, right? You guys had, what, yes. we had lunch. Uh, yeah. We we what did we play? What what? what uh, yeah.
1: It was Dominaria sealed, and okay. I, uh, I had a green-white deck, and I was up against Paul Cheon, and he beat me. <laughs> yeah, really, Well, Paul? actually, no. We we didn't finish the game, but he was going to win.
0: Well, Paul Cheon's very good.
1: <laughs> He's pretty
0: good at Magic. <laughs> um, okay, so we, we had lunch, you got to play some Magic, uh, and then we had a live challenge. This was the final challenge. Yes. Um, and the way the live challenge works is, uh, occasionally, this doesn't happen all that often, but occasionally... We have to make changes very late in the process, and so the scenario for the, the is always okay. Very late in the process, something has to happen. You've an hour. Here's these crazy restraints, uh, and usually it's like this card has to change, but it has to keep the art, and the name has to fit within these parameters because that's where it's locked in collector number, uh, and then it has to be this color. And, and so you had to, so what card did I have you redesign? I forget what, what card it was. it was.
1: Seance. It
0: was seance. Oh, seance. Okay. Um, and then you guys had an hour, and then the, the second hour was you pitching your ideas to the other contestants and a bunch of the judges, basically. Um, yes. And so, how'd that go? Uh,
1: that that was very uh, very difficult for me. I so like I had not slept very much the previous night because I had gotten up early for a flight, and then the night before I was like, "This is the biggest day of my life." I also cannot sleep, so <laughs> I I was kind of just running on empty by then. I had no brain left at all. And I had one hour to design the most important three cards of my life. Um, so I didn't feel like I did that great, to be honest. Uh, it was it, it was a challenge.
0: You, you actually did you, did, you did decently well. Um, my memory of it is uh, in the interview, you, we thought Chris had done best in the interview, but you had done second best in the interview. Yep. And in the individual design challenge, I think you it was and the reverse, yeah, it was the reverse. Well, I think you and Jeremy were very close, okay. Um, and I think Chris was third in that in that, um, but you would come in in kind of in first place, like yeah. We had sta- we had uh, ranked you b- based, but what you would, the judges did every week was we would figure out how you did on that challenge, and they would stack rank you up to then how you were doing. So we both had a a ranking for the challenge and an overall ranking on how you were doing because we Mm -hmm. cut the worst person, not the worst person at the challenge. Right. Um, Meaning we were trying to hire somebody, so if a really good person had a bad week, they wouldn't necessarily get cut if the conglomerate of all their work had been good. Um, Right. And so because
1: I think I was last place on the circus challenge, maybe
0: you might have been. Yes,
1: (laughs) I was last or second to last on that. Um,
0: So anyway, we we would stack rank you. So coming into this. It was you, then Jeremy, and then Chris. I think was the stack ranking coming yep. into the final day. Yep. Um, okay, so tell about the how, how'd you find out that you'd won.
1: Um, so after right, so after the after the challenge where we'd you know fixed that fixed the the seance into an entirely new card in one hour you know, under you know extreme duress, then uh, then we we got a moment to like chill a bit while the judges conferred um and then they they brought us they brought all three of us into a room and um and said everyone did a really great job we were impressed with all of you but we have to pick a winner and that winner is Ari and that was um that was sort of a a shocking moment to me not that I didn't think I could win but it was just sort of you know I'd spent I'd spent like months working really, really hard on this competition, pouring a a ton of energy into it. And I'd also spent sort of the previous seven years with Goblin Artisans training for it. So it was a a culmination of a lot for me. It was a very emotional moment.
0: Okay, so then you won. Um, Mm -hmm. So the way it works is the the prize for winning is you get a six-month internship. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the idea with the internship is kind of a tryout. There is... There is a, at the end of it that we we never do the internship without the ability to transfer into a full time job, um, yep. but there is so you win the contest and then kind of you get six months to further sort of show what you're capable of. Although um, it's a pay, it's a paid internship and you know I mean it's a yes. uh, um, okay so you win uh, yes when did the, when did you when did the gds end in in april may may was, i think it, no it was june. june it was in it was june, early june. june yeah right, right right it was in early june uh, yeah. and then you started in september right yeah so i i
1: had some projects to finish up in boston um and so i asked to, to for a start date in early september um which which wizards gave me and so then i i moved out to renton and i yeah on uh, i believe september 4th was my
0: first day at work okay so what was it like your first day at work what was that like um i'm trying to remember
1: i'm trying to remember what happened on on my first day um like a lot some of it was like really sort of basic little hoops to jump through like oh i need to i need to like Get my computer set up and have a login. I have to go through this orientation. I have to read somehow. I already have 50 emails, even though I've been here an hour. Um, but then, like, I think, I think the first day, I also like at like I wasn't on any teams yet. Like my assignment was just like follow Rosewater around. He'll tell you some stuff to do. Um, and so I think we went into a, a, a vision design meeting that Ethan Fleischer was leading that day. Okay, and talked talked about some mechanics and mm-hmm. like actually designed like a new mechanic for a, a set that he was working on together.
0: And just to give people some scope. So this was, it'll be two years this September, right? Yes. And the set you're talking about is not out yet. Yes. The set
1: I'm talking <laughs> about is not, is still a ways away.
0: Right. So, I, so I just, for people to understand like that, like one of the things that I brought Ari on to talk, like we can't even talk that much about th- things he've done. Cause he hasn't been here long enough that, all that there's a few things he's done that you guys have seen, but very little. That most of the stuff he's done are just, you know, and he's done a lot of work. Just stuff you haven't seen yet. So, so, so I mean, two things. One is I want to talk a little bit about stuff you they, they have seen, but the second thing yeah. is let, before I get to that is you're not you were outside right? You were somebody who just played Magic. I mean, you weren't you weren't a Pro Tour player. You were just somebody who who played Magic. And all of yes. a sudden, I mean, you put a lot of work in. It's not like you didn't earn it, but all of a sudden you're now working in R and D. Like what? Yes. What what is what is that like? Uh, it was it was a big
1: adjustment because the, I think the way sort of like amateur for fun magic designers think about design is like super different from how we think about it in R well, and
0: D. Well, get some sense of how 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 is it different?
1: Uh, so, so I I was thinking about this because I anticipated you would ask me this, and there's sort of two main things. One is like broad appeal right like if you're making if if i'm at goblin artisans posting on my own blog here's a cool card i made i can post whatever i want and no one has to like it but me right i i don't have to worry about how many players are going to care about this i don't have to worry about like is this the kind of mechanic that is going to like carry a set you know, on its shoulders is this going to be like a key selling point that will make people uh, you know people very excited customers excited to buy lots of packs of this. Like that's not something you worry about if you're an amateur designer, you're just designing kind of for yourself and for your close peers. So that's one thing. The other big thing I think is that um, we don't think in like in sort of in the amateur design community, we don't really think very much about the pipeline about the people further downstream of us. Um, and here's what I mean by that. In, in, in Magic R&D, we're working up in vision design. You know, occasionally I'm, a, I'm on a set design team, but like I'm, you know, about two years from release date, whereas much closer to release date are people like late set design and play design who are working on tuning these cards very carefully for competitive play for constructed and also competitive limited play. So these people need to be able to make subtle adjustments to the strength of a card to get its power level exactly in the right place which is one of the reasons that like, you'll see cards that are um, you know, in, in sets that have a lot of text on them. Sometimes you need all that text to make sure that the card is doing exactly what it needs to do to make for the optimal standard environment. Whereas if you're, if you're designing for a blog or a subreddit or whatever, you can just write whatever elegant text you want on a card, cost it something, and it never has to change. And so here's an example of like why that can be problematic in pr- practice. Suppose I want to make the most elegant murder I can, right? Well, that's the card Murder, right? 1 BB, Destroy Target Creature. Well, that's not really good enough to be a top-tier standard constructed card as it is. But we can't make it 2 mana, right? It has no knobs. There's nothing to adjust as long as it just says Destroy Target Creature. And that's why you'll see cards like Heroes Downfall or um, like Murderous Rider that have, you know, more going on, that that there are little things that play design can adjust to make sure it's exactly in the right spot. We don't have to worry about that when we're just designing. We're being poets, whereas inside the building, you have to be more legislators, but you want your work to look like poetry.
0: And you were mentioning, so you talked about uh, set design and play design, but... That's just the beginning, you know, we have editors, we have rules, we have oh, yeah. organized play, we have digital, we have, there's endless, like, vision is the very, very beginning of it, right, like, one of the things that's funny is, vision on some level doesn't have to interact with a lot of people while we're making it, because we're before everybody, but every other person's gonna have to deal with it, so, like, it is our job to talk to all these different people to make sure that we're making a set that can be edited, making a set that the rules can work, making a set that digital can use, making a set that organized play can use, making a set that can be balanced. Making you know, like There's yeah. all these things you have to think about, and you're correct. I think when you're outside the building, you can care about none of that. It's like I'm just making cool sets, and
1: right, yeah. <laughs> all you see is the finished product. And you know, you, I'm not going to worry about art or editing from for my thing. Like I'm just going to make up some words, put them on a card. I don't care about the tournament environment and how it impacts it. What tournament environment, right? Yeah. So, the different, uh, really, a different set of priorities and way more things to worry about once you're inside
0: the building. Uh, okay, so here's another question. So other, okay, obviously how we functions a little different but what from an outsider perspective what was the most different coming into R&D that you didn't expect you're like I just didn't now having lived this life for a while like what what was the most um from an outsider perspective like I didn't expect this at all but this is the way it is
1: um that that's hard to say i guess i guess things were th- Things are generally maybe a lot more like like there's a lot more communication going on all the time where like people are people are sort of moving up and down the pipeline and talking to external partners, but also just consulting each other just like randomly like, hey, I have an idea who's within shouting distance who can tell me if this is a good idea. Right. Right. and like the extent to which it's it's like super useful to know who's good at what, right? It's like, oh, I need to I need to know is this any good in commander? I need to talk to someone who's more of a commander specialist because I only kind of know commander, right? Or I need to know like is this whole mechanic not going to be something we can translate into other le- languages? Like let me let me go talk to the editing team. Well, like we just do that all the time. There's just all this collaboration going on, which. You know, it's not that I thought it wouldn't exist, but I sort of didn't understand how just how much it how constant it is.
0: Yeah, another thing that I hear a lot from new new people is the number of things going on consecutively like like all at the same time that the audience, when you hear about something, we're just talking about one thing. So it's like, oh yeah. well here's how we made this set and we're we're giving the story of just this set in a vacuum because that's what we're talking about. But one of the right. things that I, I know when I talk to new new people who come in R and D is there's 40 things going on at once like not that you're doing all of them but the idea that you're trying to at least be somewhat aware like my job for i have to be more aware than most um, but like just the idea of you're jumping into this thing and there's so much is going on at once and so many different projects are going on at once what is that like
1: yeah it's i mean it's it's challenging because you don't have the luxury of focusing on a single set you're always going to be on a bunch of teams at once and you want to make all of those sort of as awesome as they can be and understand each of those sets place in the ecosystem of like where they come out and like how they affect the things before and after them and you want to like put you know try to like you're coming up with ideas for mechanics ideas for cards like okay well where does this fit if I have a really cool idea for a mechanic but it actually doesn't make sense in this set should I like sit on this and pitch it for the next set or is it actually not that good an idea or like what you know there's there's just a lot of things and you're switching gears all the time, going going into different teams and and it also uh, all the people leading these sets have somewhat different styles you know you like when I'm on a vision team you lead a set one way and Ethan Fleischer will lead a set a different way and Mark Gottlieb will lead a set a different way and so it's it's fascinating to see okay what are what are these differences in the methodology and how does that come out in the results. You know, how does that reflect their personality? How does
0: that reflect their tastes as a game designer? Okay, so on to this, since I'm sure the audience is curious, uh, how what am I like as a vision lead? What, 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 what's unique to me as a vision lead versus other people? I would say more
1: so than more so than the other people, you are very instinctive, right? That you rely very heavily on your experience to give you an incredibly reliable gut feeling of whether or not something's going to work and so um so the, it's it's not sort of like directive in that like okay we need to go through these things one at a time and test all of them and i mean we do test a lot of things but it's more like we'll play test and then you'll just see what happens in play test and be like yeah this thing just isn't quite doing the thing all right that's where we're gonna we work on next it's you know so it's more it's more
0: spur of the moment okay um so uh one of the things that we're almost out of time I'm almost to work but uh
1: mm-hmm.
0: so what is uh what it, what it hold, hold on one second sorry Sorry I, you can tell this is live I'm getting a call um put that over here. sorry um okay one last thing before we wrap up here um I the one thing I'm excited for is for the audience to get a chance to see all the stuff you've done, because so much of what you've done isn't uh isn't out yet. Mm-hmm. Um so in the next year, we're only using code names. Yeah. What is the thing that you worked on in the next year that you're most excited to see come out? In the next
1: year? Yeah. Um let's see. I think I would say in Equestrian. So, Equestrian was one of the first vision design teams I was on, and I just did a lot of card designs for that one, and I think a lot of them are still in there.
0: Okay, um, so a question. for there. a question. So, Equestrian comes out, I think it's the first set of 2021. Yes, that sounds right. Yeah, I think it's the first set of two thousand twenty-one. So, yeah, di- so di- diving is dead. diving this fall, and questions yeah. the next standard legal set after after diving. Yes. So, um,
1: oh wait, actually, there's but but M twenty-one is this summer, right?
0: M twenty-one is this summer, yeah. A-
1: as is Jumpstart. As is so Jumpstart. Lot, yeah. Actually, yeah. There's. Uh, I <laughs> take it back. There's a lot of my work in there too. Um,
0: yeah, you worked a lot on Jumpstart, but, I know.
1: I yeah, I did. I did yeah. quite a lot of work on Jumpstart. Um, and I fought passionately for some of the themes and tried yeah. to tune some of the decks. I'm I'm very interested to see how that comes out.
0: Okay. Well. Anyway, um, I want to thank you, Ari. This has been a a fascinating drive to work. Uh, thank you so so much, uh, Mark. thank you for joining me. I'm sure I'll maybe I'll have you on again. I feel like we just we just barely touched the. Uh, uh, we, like, by the end of this, we like, you just started working at Wizard. So, uh, yes, um, I'll have to bring you on for some more. But anyway, thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I'm at my den. So we all know that means. This is the end of my drive to work. So instead mm-hmm. of talking magic with Ari, it's time for me to be making magic. So I'll see you guys all next time. Bye bye.